Welcome to the Christian Ministries Church Podcast. We're glad you've joined us to listen to a message from our pastor, Ashley Ellison. We believe God's Word is powerful and that it can be applied to our lives so that we may live victoriously. Let's join Pastor Ashley now as he shares the Word with us. Well, I want to get into uh, what God has laid on my heart, and I want to open with this. Uh, It's a little story. It's an old joke uh, about two fishermen who kind of decided to go together for the first time out in a boat to fish. And and the day was calm. The lake was isolated enough that they were the only fishermen there. And neither one had fished with the other one. So they didn't really know what the other one was going to do to fish and what they were going to use and all this. So the first man baited his hook and threw it into the water and watched the bobber bob up on the waves. And suddenly there was... As they're watching this, suddenly there was an explosion just a couple of feet off the port side of the boat. And in a few minutes, dead fish were floating to the surface. And his companion was frantically scooping them up in a net. And he was about to ask his friend, what just happened? And he saw his friend light a piece of dynamite and throw it into the water and follow right by another terrible explosion. Here comes fish floating up, and his friend's got his net out, and he's scooping up all these fish. And and he said, what do you think you're doing? He shouted. He said, I'm fishing. But you can't do that. It's illegal. About that time, he lit another stick of dynamite, threw it in the lap of his friend, and said, you going to talk or are you going to fish? And I, I read that joke years ago, and I, I don't go fishing very often. I don't think about how cool it would be to just use dynamite. I mean, really, you, you want some fish. That's a good way to do it. I just down in Texas, and I thought dynamite would have been real good for some of the alligator gar we were after, uh, but w- w- we didn't use it, by the way. Um, we used another form. <laughs> anyway, it's probably... It's probably uh, one of those things as I'm talking about fishing, I just can't not talk about what I do and what goes on in my life and what's happening. I I got a call today, and I get to do this men's dinner in Kansas City. They asked me to come up and and speak to the men about fishing. I'm like, all right, I'm happy to do that. And and I I just, I had this on my heart. This has been on my mind. I was down in Texas and and we were fishing and we went to the church we went to on Sunday and the pastor preached a message on fishing. And I I just, that's all I've been inundated with. And I thought, okay, I can't get it out of my head. I got to talk to our people about it. I got to talk about fishing. You know, I'm going to use Peter because he is the fisherman that we all think of in Scripture. And, and, and so the story I want to talk about, it's probably only been a few weeks, and Jesus had just, just met Peter a few weeks before the story I'm getting ready to share. And the Gospel of John tells us that Peter had first been introduced by uh, his brother Andrew to Jesus. So that's kind of the story there. And, and, and I, I want you to turn, if you want to, or you can read it on the screen, to Luke 5. But just before... Luke 5 is Luke 4. And in Luke 4, verse 38, Jesus had healed Peter's mother-in-law. Now, I'm I'm not teaching on that, but I don't know if Peter got happy about that or not. It was his mother-in-law that, (laughs) no, I'm just kidding. 
for the, some of y'all have your mother-in-law here. Don't even explain. He was thrilled, Kenan said. That's <laughs> good word, Kenan. Chapman's not here. I'd have looked to him too. Luke 5, verse 1. Luke 5, verse 1. As, as I examine these pieces of information about Peter, I, I realize something here. There's several things that I've seen in this passage as I've studied it the last few weeks that I'd never seen before. And, and I know you're going to know this story, but let's read it together. Uh, Peter, before, you re, before we get into it, Peter was not really all in. Now, he'd seen Jesus heal his mother-in-law, and maybe that's why he wasn't all in. Or maybe that, that he was still just kind of skeptical and watching. He knew Jesus on some level but not the level you're getting ready to see that he knew him on. And I want you to get that in your head before you read this. Because when you read this, you're going to go, okay, Peter just had something happen that he got to know Jesus at a different level, at a a different place than he knew him when Jesus had healed his mother-in-law in in the previous chapter. And he'd he'd been around him, but here, here we go. One day, as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, Great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, who was its owner, push it out into the deep or into the water, a little deeper here. So he sat in a boat and he taught the crowds from there. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, go out now where it's deeper and let down your nets and let's catch some fish. Master, Simon replied, we worked hard all night, didn't catch a thing, but if you say, I'll I'll let the nets down again. And this time their nets were so full of fish, they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat and soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. I love this story. When Simon Peter realized what had happened, when Simon Peter realized what had happened, when Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees. Before Jesus and said, oh Lord, please leave me, I'm I'm a sinful man. Because he was awestruck, see, for he was awestruck by the number of fish they'd caught. As, As were everybody else with them, they were all just, oh my goodness, his partner's James, John, the sons of Zebedee were also amazed. Jesus replied to Simon, don't be, Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. I, I, I just, this story is so amazing to me. And I haven't taught on it in a long time. But Peter here, I, I want you to see and make, you got to make the comparison to your life here. And all of us have probably had seasons where we weren't as committed to the things of God as maybe we are right now, because I'm talking to the Wednesday night crowd on purpose. There were seasons where we weren't as committed, but now I'm talking to a bunch of people who I believe are committed. Well, Peter was like a lazy, laid-back churchgoer. Now, I'm not trying to offend anybody if you're listening to this and you weren't able to make it because you're at work. Okay, let me just disclaimer here. But I can picture 
him listening to Jesus as Jesus had been hanging out for the last few weeks and kind of listening to him and then went right back to work. He's kind of hearing what was going on and go, and if he needed anything from Jesus, you know, he'd give him a call. If I need anything from you, I'll give you a call. I mean, it was kind of that kind of relationship that was going on before this miracle had taken place. And, and if Jesus... If Jesus had asked something, Peter, Peter was willing to do it. I mean, he had got on his boat and didn't really ask permission. It said he just got on his permission by, by, hey, could you put it out here a little bit? But he'd walked on the boat first. Did you read that in Scripture? Now, I just imagine Jesus asking Peter to go do something after he had already said, hey, would you push out a little bit? And he's like, would you push out a little more? Would which, and I like the word push out because Jesus is always pushing. Pushing you to answer the next question. But then he's leaving you the choice of whether you want to do it or not. Hey, push out a little deeper. Push out. Push out just a little deeper and let's, let's catch some fish. I don't know, but I just think that when, when Jesus said push out a little deeper, he's like, let's catch some fish. He was kind of expecting everybody to go, yeah, let's do that because we're fishermen and that's what fishermen do. Come on, Jim, you know, push out a little deeper. Let's get out here and get, get, come on, Chico. Push out a little deeper. Let's go get some fish. All right. Well, if you know Chico or you know Jim Ernest or you know Rick Bertolio, some of these fishermen, you know what? They don't really want your opinion because they fish all the time. And who are you, Jesus? I mean, you're pretty cool. Yeah, you just killed somebody, but we're talking about fishing right now. Push out a little deeper and let's, Let's catch some fish. They didn't really know what was available in Jesus. They, they didn't know, even though mom in law had already been healed. If he'd have known, do you think he'd have said, hey, we fished all night? I just don't think he knew what was getting ready to happen. He didn't really understand what was getting ready to happen. He didn't get the picture. And I can just, I mean, that story, every time I've, I've read that or heard it. I always think about Jesus thinking, hey, are you going to talk or are you going to fish? <laughs> you going to talk? Come on, let's do something. Let's do this. Let's push out a little deeper. Let's go out here where you've not been. Now, you got to understand Jesus knew what he was talking about, but Peter didn't know that Jesus knew what he's talking about. Jesus knew what he's talking about, but Peter didn't know that Jesus knew what he's talking about. It's just a big story. See, Jesus isn't a fisherman. He's just a preacher. Preachers don't know anything about real life. Because all they do is just sit behind a desk all week. That's all they do. All they do is walk around and they show up to pray over people or tell people how they're supposed to live. That's all preachers do. He's sure not telling me how to fish. I, I, I don't know that that was... Peter's attitude, but I know that he didn't think Jesus was a fisherman. He's a nice guy, but he ought to leave fishing to guys like me. Second thing here is it's the wrong time of day for fishing. It's not the right time of day. It's too hot, and he's asked me to go where there wasn't any fish last night. Why does he think there's going to be any today? See, Peter and his friends are tired. They've been out all night. I just want to go home and get some rest. You've already made me stay longer because all these people are following you everywhere. Now you're asking me to do something. I don't know that that was where's, but can you kind of see as you read this story, there's more to it than, than you might see written, but there's more to the story. 
Now, Peter doesn't make fun of Jesus for keeping him up. He doesn't make fun of him for asking him to do something. He doesn't make, I mean, Jesus just doesn't seem to be the kind of friend you'd want to make fun of. I think he carried himself in a, such a way that, you, you know what, come on, we're just going to rib each other for a while. No, 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 they're not ribbing Jesus. When, when Jesus said it, I think he had the ability when he said something that people listened. So he does it. And since you've asked me to, I'll, I'll do it. And then, whoa, <laughs> alligator guard, a bunch of bass, I don't know, you, a bunch of whatever it was they were catching there. All of a sudden, the nets are too full and starting to rip, and we're, we're in a situation here. And they went from talking about Jesus, you know, that guy's been hanging out here. Yeah, he healed my mother-in-law last week. Yeah, can you imagine what all the guys were talking about? And then all of a sudden, he's on the boat and tells them where to throw the nets out at the wrong time of day in the wrong part of the water. After they'd already got caught anything, and then he asked him to do that, and they're fishing with him, not just talking about him. They're fishing with him, not just talking about him. They're not just talking to him. They're not just receiving him talking to them. They're doing it with him. They're fishing with him. You've got to get that point. We've got a lot of Christian people that are talking to him. They're reading their Bible. But what are you doing with him? Are you doing anything with him? Now, i, I got to tell you why I'm talking about this. See, uh, everything up to that day had all been talk. Everything up to that point, we're just talking. But now we're doing something. Now, now we're doing something. And I, I don't know, I just, this went off inside of me because the church I was in down in Texas, I, I went to that and he was given a three-point sermon about this exact passage. And I'm not using his points, but here's, here's, what, here's what it went off in me. He got up and he, at the end of this sermon, he got up and said, hey, we've got to do something. Church, we've got to do something. And then he reached right there on his pulpit, and he pulled out an envelope, this pastor did, just a couple weeks ago, and said, this is my resignation letter. After preaching a sermon about going fishing and how we're supposed to be fishing for people, this is my resignation letter, and I'm just telling you, it's sealed, and I'm not giving it to you today. But one year from this, I'm sitting in this audience going, I am very uncomfortable right now. But in one year from today, if we don't figure out how to fish, if we don't figure a system out to get people here, but if we don't figure a system out, then I'm gone. Now, I left that sermon, and I was like, this guy has a heart for people. This was a pastor that loved people. He had a heart for people. I... I I, I go to churches all over the country when we're on vacation. That's just something that I like to do. Not just to, I like to be around God's people. I like to find out what's going on. So I'm, I'm there. I have never, ever been impressed to talk to that pastor after we're done. 
And I couldn't get it out of my head. I'm like, i got to call this guy. And so I kind of did one of those things, well, God, I don't really want to, but we're going to go out to eat, and at the restaurant I'm at, if I see anybody from the church, I mean, I'm just kind of doing all this, and then somebody from the church walks into the same restaurant. Well, we even went to another town, and it happened. I'm like, oh, man. Okay, so I go over to this guy, well, you get the pastor's number, give him my number, whatever we need to do, we need to connect. Well, the pastor calls me, and I get together and have breakfast with him that week. And we talked, and we had a great visit. So if he's listening to this, I want you to know I am really impressed with this guy. But one of the things that was so on my heart was that was I was thinking about was, hmm, do we really need to learn the method of fishing, or do we need to learn Jesus' love for people? Because he said, if we don't get a system, now he agreed with when we sit down and talked, if we don't get a system, then I'm, I'm resigning. But what if the system doesn't work? See, Peter had been fishing all night, and it didn't work. If you don't figure out how to do it with Jesus, you're still going to come up with no fish. you got to figure out how to do it with Jesus. And that's why I started out with this story. One guy's got a bobber, and the other guy's got dynamite. That was two different systems. You might have not liked the dynamite, but he was catching a whole lot more fish than that bobber was. A dynamite net may have been illegal. I get all of that, but which method's working if you're hungry? We, I'm not advocating go fishing men with dynamite, okay? I mean, but Jesus made a call to action. He called them to a different kind of fishing than they've ever done before. He said, you need to do it different than the way you've been doing it. But here's the thing. Since I'm with you, you're going to get different results. See, since he made the fish, he knew where they hang out. And if he didn't know where they hang out, all he had to do is, and here they come. You get in the net, guys. I, I don't know what to do. Everybody's hungry and we need some fish. I, we need... If, what I'm telling you is they didn't recognize their need from Jesus, but what is so amazing about this story is after they saw Jesus fulfill what they saw as their need, then they said, okay, I am unworthy to be around you. I'm nothing but a sinner. And what I, I can tell you, I don't care about the system. I don't know which side of the boat. It don't make any difference. Jesus was there and the nets were filled. And I keep thinking about that because as we keep talking about what's going on in our church, I, I, I can talk about Jesus all day long. You can go talk about it in your home. You can go talk about it at your work. But when are you going to start doing it? Let's be doers of the word. I've, I've seen miracle after miracle in 20 years at this church by people who have just walked in faith. And said, I'm going to believe God for. I've seen healings, miraculous healings take place. I've seen things that are like, are you kidding me? That just happened? Wow. And it's always, every time, always been because Jesus was there. And what I'm concerned about right now is right now what we have going on in our world is we're trying to learn about God. We're trying to learn systems. We're trying to figure out how to get more people in every church that I talk to. We're trying to talk about how to get more of this and more of this and more of that. And what you need more of is Christ in your life. On a day-in, day-out basis, you need to be doing it with him. 
push the boat out, gets the nets ready. That's what we have going on here in this church. We have people, and it's you. And I want to say good job. Good job. Here's why I say good job. Because it's you that's getting the nets ready. It's you that's getting the coffee shop. It's you that's getting the, it's you that's doing this. It's you that's doing that. And what I'm telling you is, it's somebody's got to set up. Somebody's got to tear down. You know I walked in here tonight, and all of these chairs just magically floated out of the back and just landed right where they're at. Because they weren't here this morning. I was in here. That is not what happened. I'm lying. I had a bunch of young people. And Joanne... A bunch of young people, including Joanne, that were walking, that were walking back and forth, and they're placing chairs so somebody have a place to sit tonight. Now, if you don't do that with Jesus, you'll quit doing it. But they're doing it with Jesus. They're doing it because Jesus laid something on their heart. See, we got people praying over these chairs. We got people giving blessings. Do you know how many kids we have coming to camp because people who don't have kids are paying for kids to go to camp? I'm just so impressed with it. It's happened for years. It should never surprise me, but I'm always like, wow, the nets are full. How'd they get full? Because a bunch of people helped fill them. Thank you. See, thank you for not just going fishing, but having some purpose and going fishing with Jesus. And realizing that it makes a difference. Giving to the next project. And I, I'm, I'm not setting this up. Every sermon should be setting it up. But we've got to build. We're out of space. Again. And I, I'm, I'm not even talking. I'll just leave that. That's just a little seed that needs to be thrown in. And getting in our hearts. Because we got... We're, you just need to be here and understand what's happening in elevation classes, in youth, 56 kids or 50, I don't know how many, 57 kids at Vacation Bible School. We don't have room for 57 kids in children's church on Wednesday night. We're in trouble right now. We might need to switch places with them. <laughs> I, what are we going to do? I don't know what, we can't, I, but we can if we fish with Jesus. And what I'm telling you is, we, we need a system here. We need a system here. I, I live that thinking. Okay, what's the system for coffee shop? What's the system for when you drive up? We got to get some new flags put in so they say guest and we know where to tell the guest where to go. We got to have everybody with walkie-talkies and yellow banana suits around them. We got to have everything going on so when you come on the property, everybody has their position. Everybody has a section that they have to come visit. I'm, all, I'm worn out with systems. I need some dynamite. I don't know. I don't know. The system's not the answer. The answer is Jesus. And I just want to make sure that we don't ever put systems ahead. And I never stand up here and say, if we don't get a system, I'm going to turn in my resignation. No, no, no. If we don't have Jesus, that's where I'll... I, I just, I, I know this. In Matthew 6, 21, it says, where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. I have listened to a lot of Christian financial experts, and I wrote this down years ago, but you can trade the word treasure for money. Where your money is, is where your heart will be also. Because where your treasure is, is where you spend money. And I can tell you our treasure is in our grandkids because we spend a lot of money. On grandkids. Where your treasure, where your money is, that's where your heart is. 
Come on, think about that. If you're like, well, I don't really know where my heart is, go get your checkbook out and find out what you're spending money on every month. And you'll find out real quick. You'll find out real quick where your heart is. And what I love is we got a lot of people here that their heart has been the church as it ministers to people because we have Jesus doing a great and mighty work here. And so that, that's just something I want to throw out. But I, I also want to say this. Know this. Wherever your money is, no matter how much money you spend on a program or sending a kid to camp or this, that, and the other, if you don't fish with Jesus, it's not going to work. See, if we don't put Jesus in that equation, money's money. Praise God for it. He'll, he'll send it in a fish's mouth. I couldn't use that illustration. He'll do whatever we, we need. But, but what you got to know is, no matter how much time you spend in the process, your goal is fish. And here's what you can know. The buildings, the prizes, the trailers, the, even the tuition, whatever it is, that, that's not what catches the fish. You know what catches fish? Fishermen. Let that soak for just a second. Here's what catches fish. Fishermen. Without those two guys, you could have dynamite and that wasn't going to catch fish. It took the fishermen to light the dynamite. It took the fishermen to throw the rod in. It took the fishermen to go. It's the fishermen and Jesus is the best of all of them. He knows fish. He knows fish. He knows people. He didn't just catch fish that night. He caught Peter. I don't know if you ever thought about that. But he is the best fisherman. No one told him, no, I'm not going with you. Hey, come with me. All right, here, let's go. I'm, I mean, Jesus knows how to minister to, to help, to do whatever, to get people. And when it comes to this question, are you going to talk or are you going to fish? I, my whole sermon title tonight is, we've got to start fishing with Jesus. Are you going to fish? Are you going to fish? Are you going to fish? Well, I'm fishing. I'm at church every Sunday and Wednesday. No, you're just talking. We have a lot of people who just talk. That's what they do. They just talk. I'm not here to put down talking. Talking sometimes leads to fishing. But if all you ever do is talk, then you don't get to enjoy the real deal. And it wasn't until Jesus was fishing with Peter that Peter's like, this is awesome. And you know why he said it was awesome? Because he saw the fruit of what it means to hang out with Jesus. That's been my biggest tool in ministry, and I wanted to give that to you tonight. And That's probably the ending part of what I wanted to say tonight. The biggest tool that I can give you is when you're fishing with Jesus, there will be fruit. And when that fruit comes about, it's really encouraging. Our trash man, and you've heard me tell this before, I love this guy, and by God... And his power, he's going to be in this church. So you just keep praying for him. You just keep praying. His name's Mitch. And every Wednesday he shows up. And during school we have 8 or 10, 12 boys from the school that come out and they help him empty every one of these trash cans right here behind this building. And he loves it. And he asked me today, he goes, so when's school get back in? I said, are Chapman and I not good enough for you? Well, I just like all those kids. Well, here a few weeks ago, it's been a while back, he'd been having some back pain. So we just laid hands on him and prayed for him. 
He came back the next Wednesday. My back didn't hurt the rest of the week. I said, you know, that's the power of God. I'll see you in church Sunday. Yeah, I've been meaning to come. <laughs> then he went through some other things that was going on, personal things going on in his life. I, I, I won't talk about them publicly, but hey, let me pray about that. Came back next week. You're not going to believe this. Actually, you're not going to believe what happened. I, what, what you prayed about. Yes, yeah, power of God. I'll see you at church Sunday, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to try to be there Sunday. I've yet to see him. But I'm not going to quit fishing. Because, see, I'm fishing with Jesus, and he's already seen the fruit. He saw the net tearing. He's seeing it. And the more he starts seeing the goodness of God, the more he starts seeing it because I'm fishing with God. He ain't going to have a chance, but he's going to have to get in the net at some point. Jesus has a call on Mitch's life. I believe that with all that I am. I'm just waiting for Mitch to go, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm coming. I'm in. Not just church, but to Jesus. If I bring him here to a system, then I failed him. See, I can't bring him here to a system. I got to bring him here to Jesus. So we got to make sure whatever we're doing, we got, we're bathed with Jesus. It's all about Christ. It's all about him in our life. Now, I'm preaching to the choir. I know that's why everybody's amen and on their heads. Thank the Lord. But you got to get the story that went on here. Jesus asked us to, and there's only one way we can do it. And you can know this. You're not going to catch fish in a pond that don't have any. You're just not. And you're not going to catch an alligator gar in these lakes. You have to go to Texas. See, you've got to know what fish you're fishing for. You've got to know what you're doing. And the fact is, is I'm a redneck hillbilly, kind of fat and four-eyed. I get all of that. And all of those things, what I can tell you is people resemble me. The redneck hillbilly, some of y'all are fat too. Oh, that's mean. I'm trying to be funny, not offensive. <laughs> The fact is, we attract a lot of what we are. So go and be who you are, where you are. Just bring Jesus with you. Just bring Jesus with you. Fish where you are. D.L. Moody, I don't know if you ever heard of him, but he told the story of a wealthy London baker who he loved Jesus deeply, but he couldn't tell others about his faith in a way that he felt like he was being convincing. So what he did instead, he's wealthy now, and he hired all of the carriage drivers he could on the days of this revival that was going on. And he hired them all, and he hired them all to come right to the doors of the revival tent. Now, this is really cool. He then stood out there with some of the people who he knew knew Jesus, and he had all the drivers go into the revival service. So they could all get saved or come to know Jesus and make an impact in their life. And D.L. Moody would tell this story of what this guy would do. And, and he'd say, he couldn't say it. He'd just get, he'd get all tongue-tied. He didn't know how to convince people that Jesus was worth it. But he knew that the preacher did. Or he knew that whoever was speaking or singing, he knew that they would be introduced to him. And so what he did, I'm going to pay you to come here. And then you go in there. And he said, almost all of the carriage drivers got saved, knew Jesus, and started living for him. 
Well, you go, I, I just can't say, I just can't talk. We'll pay for him to come. I don't know. That's what he did. This guy's wealthy. He knew that God had gifted me with money, so he, he just said, hey, here's what you can do. I don't know what you got to do. I don't know what your fishing method is, but if you have Jesus, he'll make the fruit phenomenal. And when they see the fruit applicable in their own life, just like Peter did, then they're like, okay, I'm sold out. I'm in. If you ever experience what Peter experienced, if you ever experienced a miracle and you recognize that it was Jesus that caused the miracle, you get this new understanding. You get this new profound, I can't not do that. And all of a sudden, regardless of what you see going on in the local news or the national news or what's going on in our, our cities and our countries and these emails about pride and satisfaction and joy, I mean, I'm I getting it from Walmart, from Target, from, you just, okay, I, yeah, I went there. But what I'm telling you is it's this month right now, this LGBTQ push what are we going to do? We're going to fish with Jesus. That's what we're going to do. And you don't have to go down there and throw everybody under the bus. You just provide some fish. Next thing you know, wow, that's working for them. I think I'll go try that. I don't know exactly, exactly what you need to do to fish, but I know exactly who you need to fish with. That's my point tonight. That's my point. Paul Harvey I, most of you don't even know who he is, but Google him. He's got a lot of great stuff. He once noted that Christians too often forget that they are supposed to be fishers of men, not keepers of the aquarium. And I really like that line. I just like that. So I got a whole lot of other things to say, but I think you got the point tonight. Fish with Jesus. Are you going to fish? Or are you just going to keep talking? What are you going to do? What are you going to do with this message tonight? I, I know what you're already doing. Praise God for it. I thank God for what you're doing here. What are you doing at your job sites? What are you doing when you go to work in the morning? What are you doing where you're at? Are you just talking about him? Or are they seeing the miracles? Are they seeing? Come on, signs and wonders ought to follow those that believe. Thank you for being part of our podcast today. You'll find more online messages from Christian Ministries Church, as well as location information on our website at cmchurch.net. There's a place for you at Christian Ministries Church, where it's more than a church, it's family.